Hi, it's your pal Steamed Hams. Join me every week on the Unforgettable Luncheon as we discuss topics in the nerd world like gaming, comics, cartoons, and whatever else may cross my mind. You can find me on the socials as SteamedHams81 on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find me as the Unforgettable Luncheon on Facebook. And check out Steamed Hams Merchatorium, the link to which will be in the description of this podcast. The Unforgettable Luncheon, nerd comedy at its okayest. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are four heroes on the half shell who battle the evil Shredder to save New York and the world. Sure, they had a popular cartoon and toys, but you know what that branched out into? Video games, and lots of them. Today, we're going to talk about the games of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, today on the Unforgettable Luncheon. Hey, it's your old pal, Steamed Hams. Hope you're ready for another unforgettable luncheon. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles began as a comic book in 1984, created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. The pair conceived it as a parody of popular elements in superhero comics at the time. Though much darker than the turtles we know and love today, they were a surprise hit. This led to a deal in 1987 with Playmates Toys to produce a toy line based on the Ninja Turtles, which in turn led to a cartoon to promote the toys because, well, it was the 80s. The cartoon introduced elements such as the color-coded masks, the catchphrases, their love of pizza, and of course, the personalities. Leonardo leads, Donatello does machines. Raphael is cool but rude, and Michelangelo is a party dude. This also meant toning down elements of the comic, such as language and violence, because kids show. And of course, in the UK, they were renamed the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, because ninjas are violent. And they took away Mikey's nunchucks in the UK. Man, these broadcast people were such buzzkills. With the popularity of the toys in the cartoon, inevitably, video games would follow. And there were many, many, many games. We're pretty much just going to talk about the console and arcade games based on the 1987 incarnation. Because uh, if we went into all the handhelds, mobile games, PC games, everything based on 2003 and later, this episode would be over two hours long. And I know you can barely get through about 30 minutes of listening to my voice before you say, Yep, I'm done. And we're going in chronological order, more or less, whether you like it or not. First game on the docket, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES from 1989. This is from Ultra Games, and it also is the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game made. The basic premise was that April O'Neil was kidnapped and Shredder steals the Life Transformer gun, which can turn Splinter back into a people. Uh, You do both top-down maps on foot and in the awesome party wagon, which I never had as a kid. I didn't get all the cool stuff, you know, because why not? And uh, you... 
go through six levels to rescue April and defeat Shredder. Uh, every turtle had their own strength, speed, uh, reach with their weapons. And if a turtle was defeated, that turtle was captured. And after level three, you could start rescuing a turtle a level. But you could also switch out the turtles throughout the levels because you'd say, hey, maybe because Donnie can reach further, he can hit this guy better than, say, Raphael can with his tiny little side. Uh, I personally never got past the third level, the rooftops, because I sucked. But I would say the hardest level outside of that was level two, which was the the Hudson Dam, as they called it. Uh, which, first you went through the dam and you fought enemies. And there was this one spot that was like a gap that you kept trying to jump, trying to jump, trying to jump. And you always missed. You just barely made it. After about 20 minutes of doing that, you realize... I can just walk over the sucker? What the fuck? You know, and it was all to get a pizza that would restore all your life, which you probably ran down beating the shit out of these enemies. And then you get to dive underwater, because everybody loves them underwater levels, and you get to swim around and defuse a bunch of bombs that are guarded by traps and electrified seaweed that you cannot get away from. And, of course, you're fighting a timer. Now, I played this game enough to where I had the sequence more or less memorized, and I could make it through without much incident. Then you get to that third level, and... <laughs> yeah, I'm fucked. So, not till I got a Game Genie did I come, saw, and see, and kick its ass. And then say, came, I saw, it kick its ass, but I was halfway in. I wasn't going to change it. And I continue to play this game actually on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Kalabunga Collection, which has both the American and Japanese ROMs. Also, I have like some little bootleg Super, or NES Mini that has the Japanese version of the game. It's like the same game, just in Japanese, so you have no idea what anybody's telling you. So, fuck me, I guess. Next, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Also released in 1989, this game right here, this game brings back so many fond memories of all the fun I had at like Chuck E. Cheese and Hollywood Park, any other place that had it. This thing gobbled my damn tokens, okay? Um, it was a side-scrolling beat-em-up versus a platformer, and you got four-player action, okay? So you could have... Most machines were four players, some were two player, depending on what the arcade owner generally got. Um, Shredder kidnapped April and Splinter because why not? And the turtles must rescue him. Duh. So you face off against a veritable rainbow of foot soldiers, each with their own ability, weapons, a ridiculous amount of hits they take before being defeated. And you get to deal with bosses like Rocksteady, Bebop, Krang, uh, the uh, the Rock Soldiers, whatever they were called back in the day, and of course the Shredder, because you can't have a Ninja Turtles game without the Shredder. Now this game was ported to the NES in 1990, with two additional levels and bosses added. Tora, a polar bear, or Blizzard Beast, and a samurai robot named Shogun, and this whole, like, Japanese level. Now, what I want to know is, especially with Konami, 
what is it with like they're extending the NES versions from the arcade versions? Like kind of like Contra. You know, Contra, the fourth, fifth, and sixth levels of the NES version are all one damn level in the arcade. Now, while I appreciate them breaking it up in the game because that way, you know, at least I'm I'm starting at a, I'm staying at the same level, you know. It's like, what was the need? I understand it was probably memory problems. They had to cut them up because of memory. But, dude, what's up with that, Konami? Also, the NES version of the arcade game had product placement from Pizza Hut because it also came with a coupon that expired, like, at the end of that year. So I doubt if I found one Pizza Hut would honor it. They'd look at me like, a 30-something-year-old pizza coupon. Yeah, no. Mm-mm, no. So, I actually, I haven't played the NES version in the Kalbunga collection yet, but I want to see if the product placement's still in there. I wouldn't be shocked if they took it out, but I wouldn't be shocked if they left it in. Now, the other thing I want to know is, where do they get the money to buy these pizzas, dude? Like, when they get them delivered on the show. And, I mean, it's a cartoon, suspension disbelief, but at the same time, i got to ask these questions. You know, do they rob the guys they beat up? Do the pizza places just hook them up? Do they have, like, people say, oh, thanks, here's ten bucks, you know, for, for beating up this mugger? You know, because I, I don't think they're going in for pickup exactly, you know, because even in New York, I don't think I don't think anybody's going to just act calmly if a, you know, five-foot mutant turtle walks into a pizza joint and says, can I get a large sausage and pepperoni to go? You know, but, but then again, what address do they give for delivery? Do they say, go to the manhole in the middle of 7th Avenue? You know, it's like, I mean, all Shredder really has to do to find their secret lair is to get a job as a pizza delivery dude. <laughs> because then one day they're ordering pizza, they pop the manhole open, and they're like, hey, pizza dude. It's like, <laughs> Tonight I dine on turtle soup. Then they go full comic book mode and go, ah, shit. Anyways, I digress. Both versions are solid and extremely great memories for me as a kid. I do own the arcade version through Xbox Live, and both versions are on the Kalbunga collection. Now we're going to talk about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Fall of the Foot Clan from 1990. This was their first outing on the Nintendo Game Boy, which for you youngins was like the Switch's grandpa, okay? It was the Nintendo, the TV, and the controller all in one. And that's the way we liked it, Dagnabbit. The, the like, monochrome picture, the monochrome sound. It was a style at the time. Now, this game has no real story. It's just basically a platform where you kick the shit out of the Foot Clan, fight Shredder and Krang and whatnot. Uh, there were many games that you could earn life and extra lives back. And you could even choose which stage to start off right up right off the bat. But if you wanted the full ending, you better start from stage one, you lazy bum. I used to own this until some little wiener in my class in, like, fifth grade decided to borrow it. And then moved. Like, no joke. He borrowed the thing, and, like, a week later, he moved. Like, out of town, bastard. 
Thankfully, it's Guess Where? The Kyle Bunker Collection with its two sequels that we won't discuss today. Uh, maybe I'll go into it in another episode about Game Boy games, which Game Boy is awesome. Game Boy is life. Um, actually, from this point on, just, just assume all the games are on the Kyle Bunker Collection because let's keep it simple. Okay. Next, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project from 1991, released on the NES. Uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up. Uh, I hadn't actually got to play this until I got the Calabunga Collection because uh, I just never got my hands on it. I did find it fun from the probably 20 minutes of it I played. Uh, I do plan to go back to it and play more. Basically, Shredder takes April, April hostage because Shredder, April, and turns Manhattan into, a floating, Manhattan into a floating island. And the turtles have to stop him. Because, I mean, why, what, what would the point of the game be then? But, I mean, what I want to know is, why turn Manhattan into a floating island? What was the end game? It's not like seeing, like, property value is cheaper. You're cutting yourself off from utilities, you know. And plus, even if the turtles don't succeed, they got to deal with Manhattan SVU, okay? And you don't fuck with iced tea, okay? Lemonade, man! Sorry, I couldn't resist. My other complaint is the bad guy from the Bronx, uh, Triceraton, isn't even in the fucking game. What are you going to do with the kids? Why are you going like, to promise awesome villain on the box? Not even have him like make even a cameo appearance in the game. Why? What the fuck, dude? Konami, you're not looking good right now. But it did feature Toka, Razar, and Super Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Possibly, in my book, the best Ninja Turtles movie ever made. I mean, that kind of makes up for not having Triceraton. But had they added the Vanilla Ice classic, Ninja Rap, that would have made it better. I mean, can you imagine an entire boss fight with Toka and Razar with, with like, a chiptune version of Ninja Rap playing? Sorry, I can't do chiptune very well. Um, pretty fun game overall, and I'm actually going to delve more into this game uh, when I get a minute to actually sit down and play the game. Solid game. A lot of fun. All right, now we're moving on. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, released in 1991 in the arcades. This was a lot of fun, I tell you what. Pretty much the same as the first arcade game, side-scrolling beat-em-up, this time with the turtles being hurled through time to battle the foot and defeat the Shredder. So they're bouncing from time period to time period, you know, um, the, the Old West, um, pirate times, the future, you know. I, I can only imagine looks on people's faces back in the past seeing these guys like, why, that's a turtle that looks like a man! And he's fighting some manner of mechanical man. I must skedaddle post-haste, lest I become a casualty. I mean, if I got popped through time like that, my dumbass would just be investing in companies left and right. You know, like Amazon, Microsoft, getting in on those on the ground floor. I mean, the amount of money I'd make with that. Can you imagine the amount of stupid shit I could do with that kind of money? You know, on second thought, let's not. Yeah, so this game was ported to the Super Nintendo in 1992, 
being renamed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, to keep up with the continuity on the console, seeing as how they had Ninja Turtles 3 on the console. Also, it was released on the Sega Genesis as the Hyperstone Heist. It was more or less the same game. Uh, The Turtles did get shot through a couple of time-traveling levels. Um, This time, the Shredder steals the Statue of Liberty, shrinks it down. And you do fight Super Shredder in this one also. Uh, More or less new story, but many of the same levels with a couple of bosses and levels changed up a bit. More or less, same game, different name, still quality. I actually did play this. It's a ton of fun. Um, But then again, I played both Ninja Turtles 4 and Hyperstone Heist, and they're both a ton of fun. Now, we're going to go into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters, released on the SNES and Genesis in 93 and the NES in 1994. Uh, This was the last release that Konami put out for the NES. Um, I'm not going to go too far into this one because I've only played it a couple times and wasn't entirely into it. I played the Super Nintendo version, actually. Um, it was a fighting game in the vein of Street Fighter 2 because back in 93, 94, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, those were the hot things to go copy off. And the games differed drastically on every console. The NES version had the Turtles fighting amongst themselves to see who's going to fight Shredder. And you could really only pick between the four Turtles, unless you were doing um, like a versus mode. Then you could pick some of the other characters, which included Shredder, Casey Jones, and Hothead, who was a dragon based on one of the Archie's comics characters. The Super Nintendo version has them entering a tournament to defeat Shredder, who also entered. There's like a total of 10 characters, like some from the comics, some from the cartoons that they that they slapped in there. And it's more Street Fighter style with, you know, you know, special moves and whatnot, because it being on the Super Nintendo, you had more buttons, you were able to do more stuff. So the Genesis version has them in a tournament. Fewer characters to choose from, but you can also get to play as like April, which was weird. Um wasn't my tournament fighters wasn't exactly my favorite it's okay but it's not something i'm going to go out out of my way to play all the time uh but i mean did you did you think i was just including my favorites no there's actually a handheld i used to freaking love to death but i'm not going to go into it it essentially mocked the underwater level from the uh first game and i had that pattern so down that i had the game finished in less than a minute (laughs) Yeah, that's why I'm not going into that. There were so many more games to go over. A lot of handhelds. There was even pinball, PC games. But I haven't played a majority of them, and I don't want to bore you to death. You can find the games uh, on the Cowabunga Collection, which is available on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, and Steam. Now, this week's plug-and-play is the Galloping Ghost Arcade. Uh, Now, I know I did mention the Galloping Ghost before when I did my plug-and-play for Spectre Files, but I believe this warrants its own plug-and-play. Now, for those of you who don't know, plug-and-play is my personal non-paid recommendation of a game, a business, or a website, something in that manner, 
that I highly recommend and think you should check out. And as I said, today is the Galloping Ghost Arcade at 9415 Ogden Avenue in Brookfield, Illinois. It's the world's largest arcade, boasting 900-plus games, all set to free play for one small $25 all-day entry fee. It's got all the classics. It's got prototypes that never made it out. It's got games that just never made it out of Japan. You know, you name it, they most likely have it. You just slap down $25 dues, you can stay there till the cows come home. Or until they close at like midnight. Whichever comes first. Um, if you want to throw an extra 5 onto that 25 make it an even 30 you can walk your butt down two blocks to Galloping Ghost Pinball. Home to about, I want to say 49 or 50, all you can play pins. I mean, both of them are very awesome businesses. I Full disclosure, I'm a regular there. I go there all the time. Um, you'll have a blast. They have cool events like tournaments. Um, they have meet and greets with various industry celebrities or just celebrities coming in. Like about two years ago, I got to meet uh, Sam Jones, who played Flash Gordon in Flash Gordon. Also played a parody of himself in Ted, which uh, was hilarious and super nice guy. Um, you get to meet a lot of industry legends, such as the Mortal Kombat actors and people behind some of the games that we grew up with, mostly from Midway Games, which was Chicago-based. Uh, the staff is a great bunch. It's a wonderful place. Um, it's a dream come true for a nerd like me. And hey, if you follow this recommendation, tell them Ed sent you. Probably won't get a discount. Most likely won't get a discount. You won't get a discount. But they'll be like, well, we know where it's coming from. I mean, this place doesn't really need my personal seal of approval because it speaks for itself. But I just want to put it out there for people who may have not heard of it. Anyways, that's it for the Unforgettable Luncheon. I hope a good time was had by all. You can find me on social media at SteamedHams81 on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch, and also a SteamedHams81 Facebook page. You can uh, you can just message me with, hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, you suck. Hey, you know what? What would make this better? Or even things you may want to hear me talk about in the future. I accept cri constructive criticism. Uh, let's not go with the hate there. And I love I love connecting with my audience. I do have people that listen to me that I actually see in real life. And it's fun to get to hear from them. Hey, I like this episode. Or, you know what? It wasn't as great, but... So, I hope to hear from you soon. Hope a good time was had by all. And tune in next week when the topic will be something nerdy. <laughs>